I ask from time to time for ideas for sermons. Uh, and they come from a variety of different places, sometimes in my own mind, sometimes in people suggesting things. And in a conversation this last week, we're talking about the idea of, of giving and tithing and all that. And, and somebody here said to me, in all my time here at Mundell, I've never heard you talk about tithing. And I thought, well, that's really strange because I talk about that a lot. And those of you who've been here a lot know that. And, and I do so with no apology. Uh, there's lots of things in the past that people say, oh, well, they're just after my money. The church is after my money and all that. Well, it's a biblical principle. In fact, that there's more said about giving in Scripture than, than they say is said about love. So it's something that it, it's there a lot. And so I thought, you know, maybe it has been a while. And I asked somebody else, you know, how long has it been since we've talked about that? And, and David said, two or three years. Uh, so you know, perhaps it's time to look at that as a subject. But before you get defensive, I, I saw a few of you go ahead and go like this and grab hold of the wallet. I mean, you're really worried about this and where this is going. So I, I, I don't want you to do that. In fact, what we're going to start with today doesn't really have anything to do with giving. It has, in fact, something to do with being a steward of what God has blessed us with. So important. I want you to understand I'm not doing this little mini-series on being a steward because God needs your money. You understand that? The Bible tells us that He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? He doesn't need what you have. In fact, if He wanted what you have, I love the way Dave Ramsey says this, He would just push the smite button and there would be a greasy spot where you were sitting and He would take what you have, you know, if, if He needed that. It's not that He needs to take that from us. It's not that the church is broke and we can't pay our light bill. It's miserably hot outside today, and if you've noticed in here, it's nice and cool. Okay, so we don't even talk about it because that's the need. It's, it's that the Bible says where our treasure is, our heart will be there also. And so if we're so concerned about the treasure in chasing things of this earth and worried about the stuff that we can accumulate, then we're not worried about Christ and His business and what the church should be about. Time is money, right? I mean, we, we say that, we hear that, that time is money. And if that's true, maybe we need to talk a little bit about time and being a steward of time as well as looking at, as well as looking at money. And, you know, we, we don't even pass an offering plate anymore at Mundell. They're, they're in the back back there. Uh, we, we don't. Now, that can be a good thing and a bad thing. Yes, it is a portion, and I'm going to talk a lot about this, that giving is one of the highest forms of worship, the way that we worship God. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in, in what that is, not today, but at a later time. But, but we don't either want people to think that the emphasis that we have here in our services is getting what we can get, and that's not it at all. Isn't it funny that whenever you hear the word stewardship, you think about giving and money, right? In the church, in the world, maybe not. But when we hear the word stewardship, we think, oh, here we go again. We're raising money for something, right? A stewardship drive, a stewardship campaign. And everybody knows that that's code for let's tithe and let's give, right? Well, I want you to know today that's not code for that for me. Because being a steward is being a manager, a manager of everything that God has blessed me with. 
and given me to oversee. So what kind of things do I have that I must manage? Well, I have to manage my time, right? I wish I was better at it in being a time manager because it's precious. I'm going to talk to you about that this morning. I have been given one body on this earth, right? One body. I don't always like it. It converts calories to fat a lot better than I would hope it would. Okay, so there's things about it I don't like necessarily, but we've been given one. So aren't we supposed to manage that so we can be healthy? We certainly are. God has given us this planet. And before you think here that I'm going, going really green on you and, and conservation everything, we've been given one planet, right? So we take care of it. We don't worship it like many do, but we, but we take care of it. So many things God has given to us to manage. Sometimes we do good at it, sometimes we do bad at it, but the word steward or stewardship, at its very root, has to do with how I manage what's been given to me. Now, certainly it has to do with money. The Bible talks a lot about that. But we really need to understand the definition of what it is before we assume that it's all about money. Uh, the definition, the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Many of you have had jobs where you are entrusted with something and you then become the steward of that. Now, this is a concept that was easily understood way back when when there was a lord of the manor, a lord of the estate, and they were the owner, and the person they entrusted this to was nothing more than a person who managed. And they knew and they understood that it was not theirs. They got that concept. They were just simply the manager of that. And so the word perhaps made a lot more sense to those folks. Stewardship is an ethic that embodies the responsible planning and management of resources. The concepts of stewardship can be applied to the environment and nature, economics, health, property, information, theology, and the list goes on and on. You understand what stewardship is, right? Have you ever taken money to a bank and given it to them? And they're managing that, right? And what if you go back in and say, give me my money, and they say, sorry, I've decided I like it better than you, and I'm going to keep it. You know, you wouldn't be happy about that. And the same thing is true when God entrusts us with things and we decide we like it better than Him and we're going to keep it and do our own thing with it. The Bible talks about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. So as we manage that, it's our responsibility to manage what God has blessed us with. When God gives us good gifts, now James says, if you'll remember, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. It's all from God. So when he gives us gifts, we simply manage those things. So when you talk about being a steward, you're talking about being a manager. Whether it's of financial resources, whether it's of the health that God has given us, or whatever, it's about managing that. And only a portion of stewardship is about money. And only a portion of that is about giving and tithing. And we, just, we tend to, in churches and preachers across the, the land and the world, tend to put such an emphasis on being a steward that it's all about giving a tithe or an offering on Sunday. And it certainly is about that, but that's only a small portion of, of it. 
Because if you're not a good steward with what God has blessed you with in general, if you're not a good steward of managing that other 90%, then you're not going to be able to give the 10%, right? It's about about all this in being a manager. So let's look. We say time is money. Let's look a little bit today at time and, and what it is. When churches say they're having a stewardship drive, that really ought to mean that they're teaching people about managing things. And every one of us can do a lot better job. How many of you wish you managed your time better? About all of us say, yeah, would love to be able to do that. How many of you wish you managed your body better? About all of us wish, wish that. And I'm not, I'm not going to give lessons on that, and we're not, going to, you know, we're not going to dig into that deep. But we're going to talk about it some, because it's important that we are able to use these bodies God has given to us to be a blessing to the world. It's important. So all of us have so many things in life. And in light of the actual definition of stewardship, we're going to look at some of the basics concerning the management of life. Does this have to do with giving and tithing and offerings? Absolutely. But we're not going to talk about that today. And I'm not going to tell you what Sunday we are going to talk about it. So you're not tempted to skip. In fact, it's probably going to be more than one. But let's get into this idea of managing time and, and managing what God has given to us because it's really, it's really important. Time, health, Again, not because the church has all these great big needs right now, but because God talks about it in His Word a lot. James says in chapter 4, 13 and 14, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Well, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's time, that's life, that we're here for a little while and then we vanish. And oftentimes we don't even know how much time there is, right? Sometimes there's a prognosis, a diagnosis given by doctors that say you might have this much time left. Sometimes that happens, but often we have no idea how much longer we'll be able to stay on this earth. We don't know how long God will tarry. In Psalm 144, verse 3 and 4, it says, Lord, what are human beings that you care for them? Mere mortals that you think of them. They are like a breath. Their days are like a fleeting shadow. Psalms 102 says, For my days pass away like smoke. You know what that looks like? You see some smoke, and then all of a sudden it's gone, and, and, and it's like that. Psalm 92, 12 says, Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Time is a gift from God, and it's, it's really where our understanding of being a manager or being a steward has to start, because it's composed of everything. I mean, if it wasn't for time, you wouldn't have money, Right? Because you trade your time at a job for money that you earn. And if you didn't have time, unless you inherited it, you wouldn't have money. So time is the essential building block of, of everything. 
Some of us have lots, we say, and some of us have very little, but the truth is we all really have the same, and it's a gift from God. When we say, I didn't have time, what are we actually saying? I didn't make it a priority, right? Because we all have time, and we get to pick how we choose that time, or how we spend that time for the most part. So I want to ask you today, what are you doing with your time? If we're going to manage things the way God wants, Scripture is full of examples of people who managed their time and their life well and people who didn't manage it quite so well. So let's look at time just in general. How long has it been since you said it seemed like only yesterday? It seemed like only yesterday. For me, it was this week because of my daggone daughter. She sent me a picture of me holding her cutest little head of hair right after she was born. Sent it to me. And I don't know why. And I have to admit, even though I shouldn't have, I saw that come in and I glanced at it as I was driving down the road. Who is texting me? Here's a picture of her and me holding her. And I mean, I absolutely lost it. There was nobody in the car with me, thankfully. But she sent me that and I thought, wow, where has the time gone? 24 years ago, nearly. And it seems like yesterday. And all of us are reminded of those things on a very regular basis. It seemed like it was only yesterday when you had your 25th class reunion. Or maybe your 50th class reunion. And you think, wow, high school, it it seems like it was yesterday. But yet the time has gone by so fast. Or when the kids were little. Or it seems like yesterday when you got married. Or maybe you're sitting here thinking, it seems like an eternity. But time goes by so fast. Children born, I have said before about an event. Oh, that was three or four years ago. Been a while. And Mindy, who remembers time better than me, says, that was 15 years ago. Has that happened to you? Of course it has. All of us. Because this concept of time, it it gets away from us. Where does it go? How did we go from having black hair to having gray hair? How did that happen so fast? It's a fitting question for us to ask. What have I done with my time so far? Now, you can't change the past. If you're like me, you've done some dumb things in the past. You've done some things in your past that you wish you could change. Every one of us have. And we can't change that. So when we answer the question, what have I done with my time so far? There is some of us, no, there's all of us, who are a little bit disappointed with some of the choices we have made in the use of our time over the course of our lives. That's the bad news. Now the good news is we can change that starting today. We can go on from here and we can make things different in the future. The decisions that I've made, the choices, the habits perhaps, the stuff that I know I shouldn't have done, it's all in the past. And we cannot change that. But what we can change is what we're going to do with our time in the future. How we're going to make a difference in our lives and also in the lives of others 
as we, as we move forward. Our purpose is to love God and to love others. Your purpose is to make your creator look good and, and bring him honor in the way that you live your life. And so we can resolve right now to make the most of the time that we have left on this earth. Now, I'm not for micromanaging every moment. I'm not for making every single moment in my life absolutely the most productive that I possibly can. And I know people that live like that, that have every detail. They know what time they're going to brush their teeth every morning. That's not for me. That's not for me. I might want that to fluctuate a little. So I'm not saying every single moment that you have planned out. But maybe we need to be a little bit more productive and a little bit more conscientious about the time that God has given us left on this earth. Even rest should be done with purpose. Should it not? Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Because you need rest. You just need rest. Cohen and Robin are going to be down at Wonder Valley this week with a bunch of kids. Dean of Blast Week. The most spiritual thing they can do next Saturday is nothing. Nothing. Just rest. Just take it easy. And for all of us, that's the case. When we're engaged in run, 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 run and all the activities, sometimes we just need to take a break, and, and that's certainly okay. Listen to these two or three paragraphs. Time is the inexplicable raw material of everything. With it, all is possible. Without it, nothing is possible. The supply of time is truly a daily miracle, an affair genuinely astonishing when one examines it. You wake up in the morning and, lo, your purse is magically filled with 24 hours of the unmanufactured tissue of the universe of your life. It's yours, and it's the most precious of all possessions. No one can take it from you. It's not something that can be stolen. And no one receives either more or less than you receive. Moreover, you cannot draw on its future. It's impossible to get into debt in the area of time. You can only waste the passing moment. You cannot waste tomorrow. It is kept for you. You cannot waste the next hour because it is kept for you. You have to live on this 24 hours of daily time. Out of it, you have to spend, spend health and pleasure, money, content, respect, and ultimately the evolution of your mortal soul. Its right use, its most effective use, is a matter of the highest urgency and of the most thrilling actuality. All depends on that. Your happiness, the elusive prize that you're all clutching for, my friends, depends on the use of your time. If one cannot arrange that income of 24 hours a day and have it cover all the proper items of expenditure, one does muddle one's whole life indefinitely. We shall never have any more time. We have and we always have had all the time there is. It's a cool concept. It doesn't matter what you own. It doesn't matter what your social ranking and your lot in life. Everybody has exactly the same amount of time. What are you doing with it? Are you spending it properly? Are you honoring God with the way that you are managing your time? 
And a question for us to think about as we look at this, this so important concept is let's take a look at what the biggest time waster is in our society. Does anybody know what the biggest time waster in our society is? Anybody? What'd you say? Cell phones, without a doubt. Now, there are lots of things I could talk about today that are, that are time wasters, lots of things. Some of us have leisure, and we do a lot of leisure, and so we waste some time there. But almost all of us waste time with these little boxes. So how much time do we waste? I had, I had to look it up. I had to dig into it and see just how much time is wasted. So how much time does the average American spend on their cell phone? Now, one thing I want to point out to you, these statistics do not vary in the church and outside the church. They're, they're the same across the board. They vary a little bit amongst millennials and grandparents, but not much. You know, these old fogies, us old fogies, we're on our cell phones a lot, a lot. So let's talk about this, the specifics. How much time is wasted every day on a cell phone? Most mobile phone users check their phones 63 times a day. Are you there? 63 times a day. Check to see if you have a message. Check to see what's on there. 63 times a day. Check it. Americans spend an average screen time of 5.4 hours on their mobile phone every day. Now, if you don't believe that you come anywhere near that, set that little app on your phone that records screen time. It'll tell you the truth of how much you're actually on your phone. This applies to all of us. Ever since smartphones came out, we got a lot dumber because of the reliance that we have on them. And I realize it's part of society now, but maybe we need to rethink just how much time we are on them. Social media is responsible for two hours and 24 minutes of global internet time spent online by the average user. Two hours and 24 minutes. And you know, you all may post some riveting things on Facebook you may post some interesting things about what your family does, but I don't mean to be rude, but it ain't worth two and a half hours of my time every day. But yet, that's the average of what we see across the board. And I dare say there are some of you who are a lot less than that, but there's also some of you that are a lot more than that in spending that time on social media. 13%. Get this, 13% of millennials spend over 12 hours on their phone every day. I'm not making this stuff up. This is all verifiable if you want to look it up. Baby boomers spend five hours using their phones daily. Millennials spend 48 minutes texting every day. 48 minutes? I don't have that much to say. Do you? 48 minutes. So this is what we're seeing happening. According to the American phone usage statistics, Americans spend an average of 6.31 hours on the Internet every day. 6.31 hours. So before you say, that's not me, what about when we look for a truck for sale? Or when we're doing research 
6.31 hours a day spent on the Internet. That's the national average. The average American spends 10 hours and 39 minutes of on-screen time every day. That includes smartphones, tablets, video games, personal computers, multimedia devices, TVs, radios, DVRs, and DVDs. All of the above. 10 hours and 39 minutes. I would venture to guess that most of us are somewhere around there, you know, maybe a little less. But by the time we watch a little TV, time we use our phones, time we use computers for work perhaps, that we're actually coming in to that, that figure. No wonder the world doesn't appreciate nature anymore. No wonder we have to go to the gym and work out because we're not doing anything else to make our bodies more healthy when there's that much time being spent with screens in front of us. This is but one example, but it is the biggest example of where an American's time goes in this day and age. It takes one to two months, they say, to make something a habit. There are some habits that you need to to add, and there are some habits that you need to take away. We have many things to manage, and time is the root of everything. You can't get it back. Have you ever had an entire day where you really did just waste it? You weren't doing it on purpose, and you, you kind of dawned on you, I, I really have wasted that, and I wish I could have it back? Or have you ever watched a movie that was two hours long, and at the end of it you said, why did I waste my time watching that? We all have had things like that happen, and time is valuable. And so as we go through this time together on Sunday mornings and we look at the management aspect of what am, I, what am I doing with what God has blessed me with? How am I being a steward of time? We're going to really dig into that over the next few weeks and make sure that we are honoring Him with what He has given. Rich and poor, we have the same amount. Nobody's given more than anybody else, so let's use it to the very best of our ability. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for giving us time and being patient with us when we use it poorly. Help us to be better managers of that time. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.